Uruguay, Argentina, and beyond on episode 14 of Checking In. All right, I am here today with Lillian to talk about her recent trip to Uruguay. Lillian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk to you about this because South America is a big blind spot for me. I, you know, I had to look up where Uruguay was on a map. So where do, let's get started with the parameters of this trip. What's the premise? Who's going? Uh, where are you flying from? Uh, why are we going to Uruguay? So um, it's been on my bucket list for a really long time. Um, my grandparents escaped Germany and actually took a boat to Uruguay and got married when they were like 21 in Montevideo. Wow. I know. So it's, I'm like, I've got to get down there and just see, like, just picturing my grandparents as, you know, 20 somethings in Uruguay. And a, a little history that Uruguay was like the Switzerland of um, South America. Hmm. Huge amount of refugees left Europe and settled um, Uruguay, Argentina. So um, I had this epic trip to Argentina years ago. And it was, it, it, I've always wanted to go back. And Buenos Aires is a completely amazing city. And so I convinced my husband to go on a, it was a two week trip, turned into a two and a half week trip, which we can talk about with AA, thank you, schedules. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so that was the premise. I, I wanted to go Buenos Aires um, right across the river. So I combined the two. And then um, I just sort of fleshed it out from there to start doing my usual research, deep dive into what what's this place all about. Found out that Point, Punta del Este, um, which is on the coast of the Atlantic, is the lifestyles of the rich and famous, you know, con of South America. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go see that and ended up. You know, the trip was canceled, um, had to wait a year, rebook it. By then, I'm old friends with all the hotel people and emailing back and forth. And they're like, we can't wait to see you eventually. And um, but it's it, it just Uruguay is amazing. It's just a, it's a it's literally a secret place to go. Yeah, I don't think there's a, a lot of preconceived notions about what, what it's like. Your insight there on the immigration patterns are historically are interesting. And I think a lot of people can commiserate with you in terms of developing friendships with hotels after booking and canceling right. them after a couple three, a couple or three years here during the pandemic. Uh, so I'm looking at the map now. Yeah, right. Buenos Aires across the river is in Argentina and uh, Montevideo is the capital of Uruguay. Yes. Yes. Okay. And um, Uruguay has three million people and 1.5 million of them live in Montevideo. Okay. So it's um, a very, very rural town once you get outside the city limits. So we rented a car and just went off exploring on our own for about a week. And then um, because of the shenanigans with the schedule, I said to my husband, let's go and um, when we go to Buenos Aires, let's also hit this other new region that I wanted to explore. It's like a up and coming wine region called Salta. And um, it was incredible. It's like just combine Napa Valley with ancient, you know, Inca ruins. Wow. I mean, it was, food was <laughs> phenomenal. All European food. And what month did you go on the trip? Because uh, with the, you know, the Southern Hemisphere here, there's an opportunity, I guess, to do, uh, well, I guess, you know, spring and fall are nice weather or, or moderate weather in both locations. When did you go? So we went in the first two weeks in March. And originally I was wanted to go in February when they had carnival. They have their version of carnival like Brazil does. And, um, but it didn't work out with the, with the airline, uh, the points tickets. But um, they have a very specific beach season. Starts middle of December. It ends the second week in March, period. Okay. And so... You just don't want to go if you want to hit the beach, um, you know, outside those dates. At least that's what they told me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's you and your husband, two people on the trip. Is that right? Yeah. All right. And then um, where are you flying out of? How hard was it to get tickets down there? It's a, you know, you think you know a lot about award travel booking, but this is a completely different uh, destination than anything I ever searched for. Where, where, what is your home airport? 
My home airport is Austin, so I'm some, somewhat of an AA captive. And okay. AA actually does have a, a lock on South America. Um, you can do Delta, but then you're flying to Atlanta, and, and then you can do New York. So um, it's either Dallas or Miami. And most of the South American cities, you know, I lived in Miami for 30 years. So I'm very familiar with the airline markets to South America. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, Miami's just a sister city to most of these places because I mean, they have 10 flights a day, but Montevideo has one flight a day. From one. Miami or you're, you, so you're going from Austin, Austin, Miami, yep. Montevideo, is that your route? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then during the pandemic, they were going down to every other day. And then, you know, so you go onto your website, you're like, huh, my flight's been changed. Um, yeah, and I'm not going this day. So, you know, you have to go back to your player two and beg for another day of his vacation. You know, it's quite frustrating. And um, so, but I mean, we made it. And it, it was like 115 miles 115,000 miles round trip business class, which was, I wasn't going to go. The greatest thing, Robert, the secret is that there's no time change. Like when you Uh go to South America, you you get business class, you sleep on the plane. It's at least six hours. This is an eight and a half hour flight. um, And you hit the ground running, you know, there's no jet lag. So it's, to me, it's an easy, an easy choice for a vacation. Um, unlike Europe, which you kind of feel, you know, for two days, you're a mess. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And Asia as well. I don't know why. Maybe it's just the way the typical map is laid out on the, an American classroom. <laughs> you, right. go, you, go, you, go, you go to the right or you go to the left. Right. You're going, I guess I experienced it a tiny bit closest I've ever gotten was flying uh, Boston down to St. Kitts or uh, JFK down to St. Kitts. And I'm like, oh, we're still in the same time zone. And we flew for quite a while. So you're saying uh, for, from then from Miami to Montevideo. Uh, Montevideo was uh, that was an eight hour flight. Eight and a half hours. Yep. Eight and a half hours. So worth it having the life flat seat there. And uh, was it like a nighttime flight, an overnight flight, or was it? Are they typically during the day? Yeah. No. It's an overnight. Um, it's actually an overnight both ways, which is different. I mean, it's similar to Peru or Lima. This is a good trick for people when they're booking flights. Don't be wedded to your destination. The the amount of points that American wants on a Dallas. 787, you know, Dreamliner to Buenos Aires is like triple. Hmm. So, and it's across the river, you know, it's a 40 minute ferry ride. So I just decided I would do the round trip, Miami, Montevideo. And then when we were in Buenos Aires, take the ferry, go see that little UNESCO town, Colonia de Sacramento, uh, get to the airport around 6 PM for the flight, hang out at the lounge and go. So. Um, just be creative about how you want to get to to a place. Yeah, that's a, a very different dynamic than anywhere else I visited. Like you're saying, overnight there, uh, life flats, uh, just uh, mm-hmm. de- decent decent service, decent meals, and uh, and, and you such. Know. I, you, know, I <laughs> you know, I complain about AA quite a bit on the Slack channel. Yeah, they're yeah. they're okay. They're, you know, <laughs> it's funny. Like the girl doing my aisle is great, and my husband's like, God, what a jerk. You know, like I mean, same flight. <laughs> He gets yeah. no headphones. His thing doesn't work. I get warm rolls. His is freezing. I mean, it's just bizarre. <laughs> it sounds like me and Sam comparing our experience at, uh, you know, someplace that we've both been to. Right, right. You're, you're just on two sides of an aisle. You're getting a different experience. Exactly. That's just a classic example. But it got you there. And I kind of like that. Uh, you, not, you, you have an overnight flight, but you're still in the same time zone. Like you say, you hit the ground running after a good night's sleep and you're not uh, time adjusted. So that sounds like a really... A nice attribute of going to South America. Mm-hmm. Have you been to other places in South America? You mentioned Argentina in the past, but uh, is, is this something that's regular for you or is this kind of a new adventure? So let's say I went to Argentina. So Argentina is huge. Like if you, it goes north to south, but if you were to flip it on its side, it's the same width as the United States. So wow. we're talking about a huge country. So yeah. I've sort of broken it up into regions and I've done Iguazu Falls and I've mm. gone to Patagonia and I've gone to Bariloche and I've been to Buenos Aires. And yet I still have like four other regions I want to explore. I haven't been to Mendoza and the Salta region. And there's a kind of a really interesting um, other area that's a natural area. We like to do a lot of hiking. Um, 
in the middle of the thing, it's possible to get there, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, but, for sure. And, Mono, and then there's Uruguay, which is tiny. That's kind of why I combined them. I love, I've been to Lima. Um, I've been all over Peru and to Lake Titicaca. That was, so my grandparents, I think it started with them because when my grandmother told me they honeymooned South America for four months and then they finally settled in Colombia. Now these are German immigrants settling in Colombia. Um, and then when my grand, my mother was 11, they immigrated to the United States and became citizens. Wow. So I just kind of always had this fascination with my mom lived in South America as a child, you know, like, so Columbia is my next one. I'm going to hit that next January. Oh, that, that looks beautiful too. So no, it's fascinating to have, uh, you know, obviously if you have that familial uh, connection to a place, it, it gives you that, you know, yeah. that encouragement Extra to get down there. And see yeah. It. yeah, absolutely. So, and boy, talk about a blind spot for me. Uh, this is this fascinating. Just looking at the map, I never would have guessed where some of these places are relative to one another. So, all right. So you're there. Did you did you say you started in Argentina and then flanked to Uruguay or were you in Uruguay the whole time? Yeah, no, we flew into Montevideo and stayed mm -hmm. there three nights. Um, I okay. booked the Curio Hotel um, in... It's kind of on the beach. It's like half a block from the beach. Um, I did that with points. I think I used like 18,000 points a night. Wow, first not, of all. Not, not that many Hilton points. That's, a, that's an affordable hotel. The entire country is extremely affordable. You, nice. won't, you would not believe what you would pay. I mean, yeah. I, we would go to the restaurants and I'd say to my husband, do you think this is a bottle or a glass? Because <laughs> yeah. it's a glass of wine in Austin's $15 and there yeah. it's a bottle. Wow. And yeah, it's exactly. the greatest wine you've ever had that you've never yeah. heard of. <laughs> so. Cool. Um, so three nights in the capital there to start off with. Is that a, like a cool, uh, thriving metropolitan city to check out? Or what'd you do there? Yeah, it really is. Um, so they have a very famous um, waterfront and it's actually 14 miles long. It's called La Rambla. And it's uh, they close it off. We happen to be there on a Sunday and they close it off to traffic. So half the street is just loaded with people. I think half the population is out on the waterfront and we rented these e-bikes. This is kind of a funny story. This is classic Uruguay. I, what's happening with this orange bike lady? And she's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm at the Curio. She's like, I'll bring them over. I go, okay. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, I'm coming. I'm like, okay. So like she drops the bikes and I'm like, okay, credit card says, eh, nah, when you want, give me some money. So I give her like $10. <laughs> I go, all I have is 10 American dollars. She's like, good. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, she's, she's like, when are you going to be done tomorrow? I'm like, no, we're leaving tomorrow. So why don't you come get them? She's like, all right, just tell the guy in the front, I'll come get them later. Okay. <laughs> like, Wild. Yes. So then we hop on these bikes and we're off and we have the best day. We went all the way down. They have a walled um, ancient down, you know, a downtown. There's a port. They have stately plazas and the buildings. It was all built in the 1930s. So it's art, art deco architecture. But next to that's like modern building. And we learned, uh, I did do a half day tour and we learned, um, about all the financial people fled Germany and they just socked all their money in Uruguay. And Uruguay has an extremely stable currency and nice. Argentina does not. So all hmm. the wealthy people put all their money in our uh, Uruguay banks. Hmm. So it funds a very, very nice um, country, you know, for the, for the people there. And um, the restaurants are incredible. But again, you know, you sit down and they ignore you, you know, because it takes two hours to eat and you're like, am I doing something wrong here? Then they come over and they, and we just say, what do you think? And they go, oh, you, you're going to love this. And then they disappear <laughs> and then they come back with the bread. It's amazing. They come back with the wine. It's amazing. And the fish, it's amazing. I mean, so just, you know, just park your whole American thing at the door. Like <laughs> it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Have to totally just chill out. What was the food like? Uh, what, what, what could you equate it to for somebody that hasn't been to the region? Well, I would say it's it's really the best of all things in in um, Europe. I mean, the bread's made by Italians, and the Argentinians do the steaks, and the um, the yeah. fish is very simple. That you know, if you order a salad, they don't bring you 
of dressing that's you know pre-made. They they hand you the world's greatest olive oil and balsamic vinegar on a little cart, you know, little container thing. And you make it yourself and you're like, how come my olive oil and vinegar at home does not taste like this? Like Wow. I mean That's this, a great way to put it, the best of Europe. I mean that sounds fantastic. It is. And you know, we learned that um Unlike other countries, first of all, the Spanish wiped out South America, the indigenous, like they just, that guy Vasquez or whatever came and just mowed everyone down, killed every native they could. And in Uruguay, they literally killed every native um, person there. So it is almost 100% European descent. Wow. So they don't, and they don't use corn, like, you know, like for instance, the natives used corn as a crop. Well, the Uruguay doesn't use corn in any of their um, cuisine. So you're gonna have more of a European experience when you're eating there. That's fascinating. I, I was chatting with my wife as we were walking around the other day. And uh, you know, if you don't, until you visit places, you don't pick up on things like that. You don't pick up those differentiated nuances. It's all kind of one big region. And, and I thank you for sharing that. I would not have, I, I couldn't, you know, pinpoint any characteristics I'm of, of Uruguay. And as we go along here, I'm sure we'll hear more about it. So uh, two or three days there in, in the capital. Uh, anything else to add on that? Or did you uh, bug out and enjoy the country for the rest of the trip? So I wanted to go to the beaches and um, there's a town, it's called Jose Ignacio. And it's where all the like, you know, um, movie stars go to DeKalb. Leonard DiCaprio goes there and, you know, I, I, we're not those people, you know, I mean, I'll mm -hmm. go eat there, but I don't, I don't care. So I picked a, like a town that was halfway between Jose Ignacio and Junta del Este, which is more of like a Miami beach destination. So I could see everything. And we found this amazing boutique hotel called Casa Flor. It was on the chase portal and, um, the guy, I had ended up booking it and then canceling, booking, canceled twice. And so at, at, at one point, honestly, I think at the end, he said, look, I'll just, just pay me some money and I'll give you this rate. <laughs> just, so I think I just, you know, I think I ended up paying in cash. It was like two fifty a night. But it was like going to picture your wealthiest friend's beach house in the Hamptons. Wow. I mean, it was... And you show up there, and of course, we're old friends because we've been emailing for a year. And he's like, welcome, and here's my sister, Floor, and I named it <laughs> after her, and can I get you a drink? And um, it was funny because the Uruguayans are so, so laid back and so friendly. But oh, it sounds like it. Yeah, but they're not. Uh, this is a funny story. So the first morning, you know, we get up and we have breakfast. Uh, you know, there, there's a little bit of eyebrow raise, eyebrow raise when you say you want breakfast at 830. They go, huh? Like, you know, like, <laughs> okay we'll try so um no they were fine um so we get up we go to the beach you know we walk to the beach we walk to town it's totally deserted by then it's like 11 we get back to the hotel and i'm like alfonso you told me that the town is you know we're still in the season it's it's totally closed he's like it's 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 12 nobody's <laughs> up i go what <laughs> Recovering from the night before or like yes, what, what, things get rolling late? In <laughs> yes. Dinner's at 11. Dinner every night wow. is 11 p.m. So, of course, we're struggling. But um, I'm like, can, gee, can you find any place open at 9? He's like, oh, let me see. So he, I call my friend. He said he'd open for you at 9. <laughs> like, at 9 p.m.? That was an ask? That was an ask. And, <laughs> oh we, were th and we finally show up there and we're there with all the old people. <laughs> Nine o'clock is the early bird special. I yeah. love it. But anyway, I mean, and these guys, they're like the locals are like, yeah, go to my friend so-and-so's. He's like, oh, I would send you there, but he's still recovering from carnival. I decided not to open tonight. I mean, they're just really, really funny. And um, if you just go there and let things happen to you, the best things happen. Yeah, it's always a, the best kind of trip, right? Not too planned out. You said something about the Chase portal, but then you paid somebody cash. I, I lost the thread there. What happened there? So originally I found them and um, I booked it through the Chase portal and then it got canceled. It was booked. The ah, trip gotcha. was supposed to happen in 2021. And then and then I was emailing back and forth because, you know, through Chase, they'll say there's an opportunity to talk to your hotel, you know, something like the Expedia where the hotel reaches yeah. out to you. So then we started emailing. And then when I canceled and finally we were just emailing 
outside of Chase. And then he said, look, just book it directly with me and pay me cash. <laughs> so when I got there, I'm like, do you need my hotel He's, or my credit card? You know, when you check in, he's like, nah. <laughs> just I mean, wild. Yeah. I, and uh, you mentioned with the e-bikes that you gave them cash. I, I presume that you went onto the local currency for this transaction. Uh, well, this one I used my credit card, yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, get the points. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so much cash I'll use, Robert. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, so a uh, little bit of time in the big city, a little bit of time here on the elite coast, mm-hmm. and then where's the next destination? Then we uh, drove back to, uh, oh, I wanted to mention that, like, so Punta, uh, Punta del Este, uh, we were driving around, and they had an Amex beach club. So if you had a platinum <laughs> card, you could get into the, this is what I mean, it's like Lifestyles of Rich and Famous, and it was decked out, and it was just to the nines with the waiters on the beach and these beautiful lounge chairs and changing rooms and showers. And it was attached to this restaurant with fantastic food. Anyway. That sounds fantastic. I mean, you know, we have to be careful next time we call to ask for a retention offer on a platinum card. They're going to mention that you enjoy this place and don't you want to keep your platinum card open? But out of the blue, there was a, like a, effectively like a Centurion lounge on a beach in Uruguay. Basically, Centurion lounge on the beach in Uruguay. Oh my God. And then hilariously next door, not to be outdone, was the MasterCard uh, beach club. Wow. <laughs> the world is run by banks. It really is. It really is. But, you know, um, like I said, there's, you know, Everybody who's anybody goes to Punta, and you don't say Punta de Este; you just say Punta. You know, okay, if you're local. Well, so <laughs> we'll, we'll blend right in, I'm sure. All right. So then we headed to. Uh, we went back to Montevideo and took a flight to um, Salta, but we had to change planes in the domestic airport airport in Buenos Aires, and you know it's COVID. Um, as you know, I was recovered from COVID in Tahiti, so I had my little get out of jail free card, which is your 90 days of immunity that you mm-hmm. don't, so you don't have to take tests. They let you in. They don't care about your vaccine status. Actually, let me ask you about that. How do you prove that, you, that you're recovered from COVID? So to get out of Tahiti, I had to go, we had to go to a doctor and get a, a doctor's note stating okay. that we were recovered. Nice. Okay. To get back into the United States. So I use that and I didn't take tests. My husband's taken, you know, COVID tests right and left. And um, so, and then to get into Argentina, you had to do a whole, you know, entry. You know, all these countries have their like uh, health entry forms and under penalty of death, you know, (laughs) you know, everything, you certify everything's true. So, um, and then when you get there, nobody looks at it. Nobody asks for it. So. (laughs) And you're panicked, right? Am I going to get into this country today? But anyway, oh, for sure. so uh, went to the Salta. And so this this part was really interesting. Um, I had a friend that went. She's like, make sure you get a four-wheel drive car. And I'm like, okay. So we get to the Hertz. We stay at this stunning uh, hotel in Salta. It's the best one. Comes up on all the, the things. And it was very reasonable. It was $120 a night. It's a five-star hotel. But it's, wow. it's a tiny boutique hotel right downtown. You can walk to the main square. You can walk to dinner. And it was funny, of course. We get there. A flight gets in at 9. And the, the driver's like, oh, where are you going to dinner tonight? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, how late are they open? He's like, well, it's Saturday. Oh, they're probably open until about 4 a.m. So this is in the middle. I am like near the Bolivian border in the middle of nowhere. I'm looking it up as you're talking here. So we've we bounced from smaller Uruguay to larger Argentina or yes. up far north in yes. Argentina here and pretty close to Chile, uh, kind of on the eastern part of the Andes, I, I would imagine. Or right. You pretty... can see the Andes um, when you're in the town because okay. it borders like the whole the whole valley. It's but really... the South American tradition of dining from yes. 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. It's conveys. getting worse. It's getting worse. <laughs> now we have to eat at midnight. So... You're almost <laughs> hoping for a time shift here to help you out. That sounds brutal. Yeah, so um, so we just you know went to a local place that was really good. Everything's really good. It's just just unbelievable. The olive oil, the bread, you know, I just can't say enough. And each they have specific things that are regional. Um, I think they had a couple of Italian dishes that I had never heard of. They were sort of a mix of local ingredients, but Italian. So we get the next morning. We go to get the car 
and the Hertz guy's like, he's like, oh, follow me. So we follow him around to this kind of gated little area. It's downtown, so it's compact. And we go in and he shows us this pickup truck. And it's like a mini pickup truck, um, like a Mitsubishi, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is the car? It's like, <laughs> he's like, you're going to Cafayate, right? This is the car you need. I'm like, oh, okay, what are we getting ourselves into? So uh, I'm like, my husband, who's like not a pickup guy. I know we live in Texas, but he's not a pickup guy. I'm like, honey, you're driving a pickup truck. He's like, don't, don't remind me. So, <laughs> so we get in this car and uh, sure enough, you definitely need a four wheel drive to get to, from Salsa Cafeate. The whole road, um, it was about a four hour drive. If you make stops, it's the most stunning scenery. You know, I had just gone in May to Zion and I thought who could top Zion? Really? Well, wow. add, add, Napa Valley with Zion, and there you go. You've got wow. Cafayate. So you've got these miles and miles of just gorgeous scenery and then these vineyards, and I mean, nobody's there. Nobody. Wow. You know, I'm just absolutely beautiful. Now, you were telling me about some uh, special local wine. Was this the, the, the primary reason for going up uh, towards this region for the wine? Yeah, when I was in Argentina, I had had some wine called Tarantes, and I had always remembered it. And I remember finding one bottle of it back in Austin at some point. And so I said to him, let's let's go check out this this region. And Tarantes is a local white wine that they make, mm-hmm. um, a grape. And But I sort of thought it would be like, you know, two vineyards and you're done. I mean, when I say it's like a world-renowned operation, we visited some wineries. Well, first of all, we stayed at this place called Patios de Cafeate, which is attached to this, the most famous winery there called Esteco. And that hotel was incredible. Uh, Robert, the service that we're experiencing in this country, we should be ashamed. I mean, it's downright pitiful. Um, We, the first time we got in and the mattress was kind of, you know, we were like, oh, it's not as firm as we like. And um, we went to the front desk and I said, is it possible to change rooms? Because our, mat- our you know, mattress is kind of lumpy and not so firm. And they're like, oh, no, but we will get you a new mattress. So we go to breakfast. <laughs> we go to this incredible breakfast uh, with, you know, fresh orange juice. I mean, it's fresh squeezed orange juice. I don't think I've had it in four years. And... Uh, by the time we get back, the room that has a new mattress, it's completely done. Um, housekeeping had been there. I mean, come on. Like, what are we doing in our country? You know? And I bet a, a lot more affordable as well. I mean, how much was that five-star hotel? $120 a night. Oh, geez. Wow. Yeah. What an opportunity. I, I'm going to have to encourage people as they're listening here at the top to uh, zoom around on Google Maps because I think it really does give you a feel for how mountainous it is to the west of there and how, well, you know, the <laughs> Google Maps shows it is green, but, you know, national parks and things like that. It sounds like a really... It really was. And also, like, you know, another caveat. Um, so I had looked and I had found all these hikes we were going to do. And I had made this day of this adventure, this drive. We're going to hike, we're going to stop, take pictures. I couldn't find any of the hikes. Like we'd go by the thing and I'm like, there's no sign. And then I'm like, it turns out in Uruguay, you literally just pull over and start walking. I mean, wherever you want to go, like they, they don't care if you park here. There's no signs. There's nothing. I mean, it's such a breath of fresh air to live with that freedom. You know, you literally can do whatever you want, you know, just be a good person. I can totally relate to that. When we were out in Scottsdale, the most famous place to hike near the hotel was Camelback Mountain. And at 7 a.m., all the parking spots were taken and anything near there was taken. You know, things are so over-touristed, I guess. And down there, you're experiencing just, uh, yeah, pull off to the side of the road and go see this beautiful thing. I like it. Yeah, it was really just it makes you just, you know, there's just a level of stress that we live with on a day-to-day basis that we sort of just take, you know, as like that's the way life is. And that's why I love travel, because it really pulls you out of your comfort zone and puts you in someone else's comfort zone. And then you can sort of maybe take stock of your life and the things that you choose on a daily basis and make better choices. 
Absolutely. I love that. And you travel around a, a, a ton here. I, I want to circle back on that. I want to put a, a pin in that and come back to that because this is just one trip of many for you. So I'd like to hear how that folds into your whole lifestyle. But um, continue, please. Uh, you're, you're, you're there in the Cafayette. Cafayette, uh, yeah. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm a pro now. <laughs> where, where to next? Okay, so we did three nights there. And um, I was telling my, my husband, you know, we we're talking about because I'm starting a travel business. And I'm like, well, what's our style? He's like, you like to sketch a day and then the details just happen to you. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, that's really how I do it. So I sketch it out and um, I went to the front desk and I was like, you know, I saw you had some horseback riding uh, that you offered. And she's like, oh, yes. Uh, she motions, you know, we're speaking Spanish. I do speak Spanish and it gets better as I'm down there. But, you know, I wouldn't call myself super fluent, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. good when I'm in it. She's telling me, she's like, just go talk to Marco in the back. He does the horses and bring some cash. (laughs) (laughs) This is a five-star hotel, right? And this is how they, I'm like, all righty, I love Uruguay. You know, I'm like, are you, you know. Just bring cash. Right. And they'd say, pijama, not yama. Pijama, Marco, you know. And so Marco gets a horse. We go around. We just look around in the vineyards for, for an hour. And I come back and, you know, it was just, just being with the people there and and hanging out and just kind of being part of their lives is so easy because they just invite you in. Yeah. And, and there's, I don't know, it's just, it's just great. I love South America. So um, then we, I met another girl in the hotel and she's like, you've got to go see my friend's um, uh, winery. It's up this road. And so, of course, we took the, I mean, when I say four-wheel drive, I'm not kidding. Like, we are like, going over rocks and boulders and rivers and you know, up this mountain. And um, Adam's like, where are you taking me? And I'm like, it's okay, honey, keep going. <laughs> Google Maps says it's straight ahead. And um, of course you get there and like the door's locked. And you're like, uh, there's no sign, there's nothing. And then five minutes later, the woman comes out and she gives us a wine tasting. And um, then she hands me this platter of cheese and crackers. And it's like the greatest cheese I've ever had. And she's like, so I'm sitting on the front of this, you know, almost no name winery eating the best wine. I bought some of their rosé. It was so good. It was a mix of like Pinot and Merlot and it was very dry. And um, Cocoyoja was the name of the winery. And um, the only problem is, you know, that with no English, I couldn't give you the details that you would learn, let's say, if you were on a wine tour in America, right? Because you would yeah. learn all about the family and like everything. But I, you know, so I just got the basics. Like, but on the way back, I said to Adam, I go, do you see that building in the distance? That that's like looks like an incredible uh, resort. So when we so we see the signs like Piatelli turns out these people from Minnesota bought a winery down there and this place is phenomenal that they do in export everywhere and I could give you the website and the notes or whatever if you wanted it was stunning and the wine tasting was amazing and I bought a piece of art there and like they have this incredible patio with the food was just like one of the best meals of your life and I'm like we just stumble on this in the wow. middle of nowhere I mean Unbelievable. Yeah, if you could, you know, put together uh, for the show notes links to some of your favorite places, I think pe- people would really appreciate that. And if you're looking to replicate uh, at least, you know, some of the portions of this trip, that'd be fantastic. And sure. maybe a few photos too, because this sounds particularly spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then um, how did you get back from there? You, uh, you, you, you spent some time back in Buenos Aires at the tail end of this, I think? Yeah, we, we drove back to Salta, dropped the car, took a, it's a short flight, two hours to Buenos Aires. Um, and then we stayed in an Airbnb. Um, I had been there before, so I knew the city pretty well. And so I decided I want to go. It's kind of like a Soho area where all the hipsters live and we were, you know, definitely a bit older than the, the crowd there. But again, the guy I booked the Airbnb with, his name was Santos. He was there, his wife and baby. They're like, have a great time. I'm like, I will. Thank you. And then like, and then the next door is a coffee shop and the guy pops his head out. He's like, let me know if you need anything. 
I'm like, okay. I mean, like within seconds, we feel like we're part of the neighborhood. Yeah. And there was an uh, Israeli restaurant across the street who had the craziest parties. I mean, <laughs> and they're in the middle of the day, like women all dressed up in costumes, like dancing to disco music at like two in the afternoon. And I mean, you could, it's just, that's why I said to my husband, he's like, what are we doing on Buenos Aires? And we go, we're hitting the road and we're walking and we're going to see what happens because every block, I would say Buenos Aires, probably the top three cities in my world, London, yeah. Tokyo, and Buenos Aires. Wow. And, that's um, high praise. Yeah. Because it's, again, it's just laid back. It's, it's Paris without the attitude. It's, you know, Italy with a little more energy or whatever, you know, I mean, just um, it has its own personality, but it's also very familiar and you feel you're in a foreign country, but it doesn't feel like it's so foreign that you're not going to be able to navigate it in a very yeah. successful way. No, you have a great way of framing things to, to, I think, inspire people to check out this region if it's not on their list already. So how much time do you spend there in Buenos Aires at the tail end of the trip? Another three or four nights? Yeah, we spent three nights or yeah, three nights. And um, my husband's really a political junkie and his, he, you know, majored in uh, political science. And so I always do a political, like a tour that tells you about the history and politics um, for him. So we do like a, and I always learn something. So it's a three hour tour with this. Uh, we had the same guy both days. We did the north end of the city and learned all about the um, saw all the government buildings and the parks and oh I did a I did a Park Hyatt scout for you. Oh thank um, you. Oh my god Robert you have to go. This I actually would have stayed there but it was quite expensive so save your points and go. Um, I, I just went in to use the bathroom. And Wait, th there's a Park Hyatt in Buenos Aires? Oh my god it's unbelievable. I thought there was one in Mendoza. That was the only one on my radar screen, but there's one in Buenos Aires. I'm suddenly even more interested. No, it, it, and it is. I, I, I'm just like, I can't even speak. Like, it's, it's so beautiful. And I walked in. It was like being in a Bulgari museum. Wow. And with this whole backyard courtyard with like, you know, picture those Lake Como hotels where they have the, the you know, veranda out back overlooking the lake. They have one of those verandas where all their breakfast tables are. And uh, the breakfast buffet went on like, it was two rooms long, like, cause I just walked by it, you know, going to use the restroom. So anyway. I'm, I'm looking at it now. Thank you. I mean, that's a, you know, orientation marker for myself, the international uh, flag of hospitality, you know, <laughs> Park Hyatt, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a great experience. So, you, you, but you, you, you avoided doing the, the chain hotel thing there and you did the Airbnb instead. Why was that? Well, um, I think because I wanted to, so I, I really like the NH hotel there and I probably would have stayed there again. Uh, these breakfasts are swoon worthy. That's all I have to say that in South America, Argentina particularly, and their breakfast still stays in my mind. I remember you guys talking about the little things that hotels do, you know, in your latest podcast and, mm -hmm. you know, you do, you absolutely remember the things um, they do. But I, I wanted to just be more experienced that particular neighborhood and feel like a local. So I did the Airbnb. I'm not a big fan of Airbnb, but I have had some good, some good ones. And that, that was a good one. Excellent. So uh, anything else you want to add? No, I, you know, I do ask myself, you know, that question, if the day I'm doing laundry and feel like crap, uh, when I get home, you know, would you turn around and do this trip again? I absolutely would. I ask yeah. myself that every time. And I would. You travel so much. Um, I guess I don't mean to pry too much, but um, are, are your is your work ex situation such that it's uh, uh, flexible and you can you have unlimited vacation? Or how, how does how does it, how does travel fit into your overall lifestyle? Your your husband's uh, you know commitments and your commitments. Is it uh, are you on beholden to a vacation schedule? or Are you wide open? No, I'm I'm actually wide open. I became an empty nester this year. And um, so that, but I have been traveling quite a bit. My mother uh, and father were the impetus for me to love travel. I mean, they started dragging me to Europe when I was like five. And we always went to, out of the country at least once a year. So my whole life has been, you know, experiencing that. And I continued that as my children were growing up. And, you know, we've gotten in some 
places where kids are like, we're never forgetting today, you know, as you know. So now I am, I got, I got interested in the points in milestone because I wanted to obviously fund the travel. I do do trips with my mother still. We've been traveling together once a year or twice a year forever. She was a travel agent back in the day in the 80s, and she's very savvy. Um, she doesn't do that anymore. She's almost 80. But she, she I'm like, hey, mom, where haven't you been? <laughs> you know, she, yeah. So she's still, we're still going strong. My dad stays home. So I'll do like two trips with her, with her and, and then I do... I try to take my husband on one big one and then we do these little trips. So, um, and then I'll go where anyone invites me. <laughs> so <laughs> that really flushes out a year. I mean, things go by quickly. If you're taking a, a, a decent sized trip every couple months, that, that might be enough for well anybody. I want to, I don't say any, speak for everybody, but you know, it's nice to be at home as well. So it sounds like you've got a great balance there of travel and, and, and home life. But you were mentioning earlier, uh, some travel agency, uh, aspirations and you were saying you're, you, you had that, uh, in, in, in the family, but, um, it seems like there's maybe like some modern spin on being a travel agent. Like it's different than what it used to be. I don't know if it's more specialized or more digital or, or different. Uh, what are you thinking about there? So, um, back in, as you know, I went to Tahiti. My mom, so what happened was we had these expiring airline credits. Oh, thank you, AA, that they just would not extend them. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, they had been, okay, we purchased a super cheap business class fare for 1200 bucks to Iceland. Woohoo. And that got canceled. And then, like, <laughs> well, we'll just go to Asia. But of course, then you have to tack on another thousand so now the now it's then that gets canceled so now your credit's 2800 and then so this like kept going and finally mom's like these um credits are up to like 5k and they're oh, gonna geez. expire and i was oh. like she's like you've never been to tahiti <laughs> let's just go to tahiti i'm like okay so um we go on we book this windstar cruise and lo and behold you know it's half full and I start meeting everyone and everyone's super friendly. And I'm like, everyone's talking travel, travel, travel. I'm like, what's going on here? Turns out this particular cruise, Windstar was hosting the 50 top travel agents in their, in the world who sold the most Windstar. So these right. are these superstar people that I was meeting. And they're all thinking that I'm a travel agent because all I do is, you know, I can talk travel with the best of them, right? Yeah, so yeah. they're like, wait, what? You're not an agent? what? You have to be an agent. So that I start, start getting all these cards and I'm like, I, 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 you know, and um, my mom's laughing because she's like, you should be a travel agent. So um, I go on um, an excursion, a small one, which Windstar's great, by the way. Loved it. Um, if anyone needs to book it, let me know. But um, I meet the head of KHM Travel Group and it's a host agency. So this is how it's morphed into you have a host agency. It's almost like um, insurance or something where you, the aggregate of people, the collective bargaining of the group gets the deal with, like if I were to try as an independent agent to go book Oceana Cruise Line, mm -hmm. they, mm -hmm. would, they wouldn't give me the time of day, but I can, if I'm affiliated with KHM Travel, they've already negotiated the commission for you and the structure to obtain the commission they take their cut. So I, I have my pick about six host agencies and I decided to go with one of them because I actually like the wife of the vice president. We hung out and we're, we're going to go on a trip together. <laughs> so That's got to be the most uh, uh, fortunate way to bump into a bunch of uh, you, exactly. just, what a, you know what, what a lovely coincidence. I absolutely feel like if you're open to what the universe will offer you, it absolutely will come back in full. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I have been in the market or thinking about it. I have enjoyed cruising, and I, I want to sample the higher end of it. I've been looking at the that Ritz-Carlton line, which seems mm -hmm. to be unable to launch. And there's other cruise lines, like you say, Windstar probably is the first one that comes to mind in terms of uh, established smaller cruises, luxurious. Um, real quick, how, how was that experience, you know, in addition to meeting all the top producers for the, the cruise line? Oh, it was really great. I mean, I, you know, I used to work in the film business and one of our clients in Miami was uh, World Caribbean and NCL. So I used to do all their marketing videos. We, 
my, oh, wow. my, my brother is like, you don't have a job. You just go on vacation. I'm like, well, I'm still working. I'm on the cruise ship. We're filming and, you know, taking the models here and there and whatever. So, um, so like I said, I've been fortunate to have a lot of travel experience and those particular lines now are all about nickeling diming you. They get you in for the lowest thing. And then they, the last Royal Caribbean cruise line I walked, I was on, they walked around and said, would you like a cappuccino? And there was a $3 sign on the tray next to the cappuccino. <laughs> and I thought, I'm on vacation. I'm on a cruise. I don't want to think about, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Should I paid, spend three dollars today? Yeah. You know. So anyway, Windstar is one of those luxury ones that you know, cappuccino morning, noon, night doesn't matter. They're going to give it to you. You know, it's a bit higher, but in the end, it all works out. People don't realize that. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, the, and let me ask too. I think if Tahiti is like a destination, I would more think of as landing there and then being there at a hotel. I know a lot of us booked the Conrad Bora Bora mm -hmm. uh, as an example in the South Pacific. You flew there and then cruised around there. How did that work? And have you ever been to uh, a resort there and just plopped down and stayed, stayed put in one spot? No, I hadn't been to Tahiti. I mean, I've done that all over the Caribbean. You know? mm -hmm. Like, I mm -hmm. think I even mentioned, you know, I mean, Antigua. Like, if you don't want to, Robert, you don't want to make that flight. You were saying the flights were incredibly expensive. I mean, you could get yeah. the same experience in St. Lucia and Antigua, in my opinion. Yeah. But um, I liked it. I mean, Windstars gets in these tiny little coves. Right. You know, the other ships were a bit farther out, and their tender, they, those people must have been on the tender for at least an hour, yeah. 45 minutes. And But Windstar can sneak right in. So it's 20 minutes and 15 minutes, you're on the dock and um, just zoom around. You just pick your excursion or my favorite excursion day was we got off the boat. We got onto another boat. They took us to this out island. We did this drift dive or like a drift snorkel. And you, you just kind of go in this canal and there's coral and the water just pushes you along. You don't have to swim. You do it like five times. It's like a Disney ride. And um, yeah, you walk along the shore, get back in, you know, drift. And then they took us, they're like, oh, today's the private beach party. So we went to an island and they had picked up, um, they had set everything up, the food, the music, all on this island. We had massages on the beach. I mean, it was just a beautiful day. It was Fantastic. amazing. How many people on those uh, Windstar ships? I think this one held like 340, but there was only 140. Wow, and so that, that is, yeah. I mean, just to, just for scale, a uh, typical, you know, giant Royal Caribbean, what is what? That's 4,000 or something like that, right. if not more, right? I mean, that's, right. Uh, that, that is uh, almost, uh, maybe like uh, we've said before, private enough. You know, you, you could charter your own yacht for sure, but uh, it sounds like at half capacity there, it sounds like that was a very, very luxurious private experience. I'm glad well, you liked and, it. You know, I, I was talking, I met this guy, Steve, marketing, all the marketing guys and everybody, the vice president president of Windstar, they were all on the ship, right? Whining, dining. So I'm hanging out with them all. Denise and Diana, Steve. And so there, I'm on this photography expedition with Steve. We're messing with our cameras. And I'm like, Steve, you making any money on this cruise? He's like, yeah, it's kind of tight. You know, I mean, they were, he's like, I go, how many people do you need on the cruise to break even? He's like, you know, I need about what we have. And so I mean, it was just interesting that they they were just so, they'd answer any question you had. Yeah. And um, I said, oh, here's another question. I've never been on a Windstar, but I, I, the people, the passengers, they were so friendly, even the normal people, not the travel people. Yeah. And he said, well, you have to understand the people traveling right now, they are here to enjoy themselves. They're not the last minute, stressed out. These people know it, it, it took, three tests to get to Tahiti yeah. and you know, it's not for the faint at heart. And most people just, the minute they hear three tests, they just, they don't go. So just traveling at the time, I mean, I've had really an incredible time in COVID. It's kind of weeded out the, you know, the crowd that you don't really want to be there when you're visiting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You really have to want it. Right. And, yeah. and I think, yeah, people are on the, the leading edge of getting back to travel. Uh, like you said, <laughs> they're in a good mood because they, A, are traveling people to begin with and B, you know, they've been, had some pent up demand for it. So yeah, mm -hmm. they have a good time. That's a inter interesting to hear how it uh, manifests itself in terms of people's disposition uh, on the, on the boat there. Yeah. As, they were as just were. happy to be there. And it's interesting. They'll give you a deal. Um, a lot of people will like, they're like, oh, well, we were on the cruise the week before. I'm like, wait, what? They're like, 
Oh, yeah, the, the airline let us just switch in. We just stayed. They gave us a good deal. I mean, they're trying to sell up the ship. So yeah. you can yeah. do back-to-back cruising. Wow. So are you in a position now that you uh, could book a cruise for somebody? I could. I could. That's <laughs> good to know. Reach out. I uh, know. We, we can put a link to for the best way for people to contact you. Yeah. My, I, I just, I want to book travel for people that want to do the trips that make them like living. You know, that's it. Like it's. I'm not the Disney person. I'll just put that out there. <laughs> okay. They're, they're Disney people. Like, that's important. You need a Disney agent now. It's kind of right. like, you know, you need a book agent or something to get in there and get it all done. And um, So I'm, I'm going to do bespoke trips. That's my future goal is to have I'm planning a trip to Bhutan, you know. Yeah. And I'm going to invite people and see what happens. I like it. Well, we started off in Uruguay. We bounced over to Buenos Aires, and we wound up on a luxury cruise <laughs> in Tahiti. So a really interesting and far-ranging discussion. Very nice to get to know you better. One more question before I let you go. How did you hear about Myelonomics? Uh, thanks for your support over the years. You've been a member of the community for a while. How did you hear about Myelonomics, and um, and what what what, what, has, what has kept you around? So I started listening to your free podcast, I think, you know, mm-hmm. years ago, like 2009. I, I was, I was there. I didn't sign up right away when you went private, but then I was like, I know I'm missing out. Those guys are so fun. Like you guys are so fun to listen to. Thank I you. put the headphones on, do my laundry, cackle the whole time. Like I always <laughs> learn something new. I always, and the Slack channel and the community has been so great. I, I kind of feel like I can't really contribute I, I will say, thank you. I did make my second um, million Amex points. I, I made a big deal about like, I made my first million last year and then the second just like sort of happened. I was like, what, what? Um, so thanks, that's all to you guys and all your tips and everyone in the community is so supportive and it's just, it's a fun part of my life. I, I really enjoy it and I appreciate you guys. Thank you we appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. I think that uh, I think that wraps it up. Thank you for your time. Uh, good luck with your future travel agency endeavors and your future travels. Anything Thanks. else you'd like to add before we close it out? No, no. It was just great. Great to talk to you. All right. My thanks to Lillian. You have been listening to Checking In with Robert Dwyer on the Bionomics Podcast Network. <laughs>